Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'm pumped for this episode, and I am incredibly confident that this concept, if you act on it, can transform your life and your health. And when I say life, I mean your relationships, I mean your energy, I mean your confidence, I mean your daily habits. This is profound, and it's around removing processed foods and fake flavors. That is not a call for perfectionism, but it is a call for moving away from things that are manufactured and choosing whole foods. If you have treats, make them yourself and have them be occasional versus consistent. But fake flavors and processed foods are a huge problem on a lot of levels. I've talked about this before. I think it was in episodes, let's see here, it was a while, a long while ago, episode 140 and episode 141. Yeah, that's like almost a decade ago. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? How is that even possible? Ah, where's the time gone? Here's the deal. We crave more food than ever and simultaneously experience less satisfaction from it. And there's a lot of things that have changed in food that are making this so, where we crave more of it and it seems to satisfy us less. The first thing I want to start with, though, is that there are two approaches here. When we talk about processed foods, when we talk about fake flavors, there's two primary approaches. One is be more disciplined so that you eat fewer donuts, right? Be more disciplined so that you eat fewer cookies, chips, crackers, whatever it is for you. That's one approach. More discipline, eat less of it. The other approach is change your thinking and your physiology so that you want fewer cookies, so that you want less processed foods. Change your thinking and your physiology so that you're not relying on willpower and you simply don't desire it as much. I vote strongly for number two. It's easier, it's more sustainable, and it's more aligned with health. And I've tried it both ways. (laughs) I've tried it both ways. My decades-long history was very much restrict, restrict, willpower, willpower, discipline, and that led to, in a lot of cases, for decades, overindulgence. I would over-restrict until I basically couldn't take it anymore, didn't want to take it anymore, and then I would overindulge. And it always felt tense. When I was over-restricting, I felt this constant desire for the things I wasn't eating. And then when I would binge or overeat or overindulge, I felt this tremendous tension that I shouldn't be, that it was bad, that I messed up. When was I going to get back on track and how and could I or would I? There was just tension on both sides of the equation. And I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live with constant stress and emotional noise around food. And I've lived the other way too, where I've changed my thinking and my physiology so that 
it doesn't appeal to me. And I will tell you, I didn't think that was possible. For most of my life, I would look at people who, say, wouldn't finish their dessert, and I wouldn't understand. How do you even do that? You're going to leave ice cream in the container and put it back? You're going to leave some of that brownie sundae on the plate and throw it away? I didn't understand how it was possible. So if you are in that spot, I've been in that spot, and it is possible. Now... I just don't want those things as much because what I want more is to feel really good. The primary thing I was seeking for decades was pleasure from food. Now I want to feel fulfilled and satisfied and energized because of the choices I make. And I want that more than I want to indulge. There's been a shift and it did not, that shift did not come from discipline. That shift did not come from willpower. It came from changing my thinking and changing my physiology. So there's two approaches. Be more disciplined so you eat fewer donuts or whatever it is for you or change your thinking and physiology so that you want fewer donuts. I want to offer you a challenge. Right off the bat, before we go any deeper, I want you to go one day without processed foods or fake flavors. I want you to go one day without anything that comes in a box or a can or a bag. I want you to go one day with just this came from a chicken. This came from a cow. This came, you know, this came from the ground. This came from a tree. Very clearly knowing the origin of the food. Not manufactured. One day. And then I'd love for you to ask yourself, are you willing to do a second day? Because here's the thing. It gets easier. But it only gets easier with consistency. It doesn't get easier because you think about it. It doesn't get easier because it's the 750th time you've tried. It gets easier with consistency. But I want you to start with one day. Are you willing to do one day without processed foods and fake flavors? After you get through that one day, I want you to ask yourself if you're willing to go for a second day. Think about it this way. Don't outsource your palate, your cravings, or your health to the folks in marketing. Don't outsource your health, your weight, your palate to the folks in marketing. And here's the deal. If it's in a box or a bag or a can, the folks in marketing are behind that flavor profile. That's not to say that the local farm I buy my pork from doesn't have a guy who's in charge of marketing. But that's a really, really different thing because he's not manipulating his product to sell me, he's just optimizing his messaging. But when we talk about the thing in the box or the bag and the can, the middle aisles of the grocery store, and heck, even some things on the perimeter, a lot of the yogurts nowadays are very, very much manipulated from a flavor standpoint to get you to eat more, be less satisfied, want more, crave more. Don't outsource 
your palate, your hunger, your satiety, your health outcomes, your body weight, your biochemistry to the folks in marketing. I'll tell you a story. It's been, I I don't know, I don't have my phone in front of me to look at the exact number, but it's been like 70 some odd days for me without sugar. And that doesn't include fruit. I've had a little bit of fruit here and there. And for the most part, it's been pretty easy. There was a day following, I had like a stomach bug, and there was a day following that stomach bug where my cravings were really high, and I think it's because my protein intake was so low when I was sick, I wasn't really eating, and the I think my body was just prompting me to eat by sending signals like cravings, so that was a tough day, but I mean, in the scheme of things, wasn't anything. The hardest part for me was... I talked about this in the Consistency 365 series, but I spent four days with my three kids under three at my mom's house because my husband was redoing our floors and I was very overstimulated and just my nerves were on edge from feeling like I was constantly saying to my kids, don't touch that, don't touch that, don't do that, because, you know, understandably, my mom's house is not outfitted for two one-year-olds and a two-year-old. And in that emotional state of being on edge in all of my waking hours for four days and also not getting a lot of sleep, my kids just didn't sleep as well because they were in a new environment, which means I didn't sleep very well. Those few days, I really wanted food, sugar, sweets. I wanted the cookie more than I have in the entirety of the 70 or so days without sugar. And here's what I challenged myself to do with those feelings. I was giving my kids these bakery cookies. We were in the car. Long story short, I talked about inconsistency 365. But as I gave them a cookie, I really wanted that cookie. And I told myself, don't debate it. The answer is no. You've decided now. You don't need to relitigate this every 30 seconds from here until you get back to the house. Like a no is a no. Case is closed. No cookie. And this really ties in to the challenge that I'm issuing you to go a day with no fake flavors, no processed foods, and then challenge yourself to go a second day because it's not the doing it that's hard, it's the constantly relitigating that decision that is hard. Oh, but this one thing, oh, that's not that bad. Hey, I mean, I'm doing better than I was. Oh, but there's this. I can start again tomorrow. That loop of constantly negotiating what you already decided and then renegotiating and renegotiating and renegotiating 50 times a day, that's the part that's really hard. I Months and months ago, I was debating whether or not to go to this mastermind meeting. And I had paid like 50 grand for this mastermind. And there were two meetups. And one of them came up when my kids had a cold. And I mean, kids get cold. It's no big deal. But it was one of the first colds that my twins ever had. And they, I just worry a little bit more when something happens to them because they were two pound micro preemies and, you know. So I was talking to one of the girls in the mastermind and I'm like, oh, I just feel like I should go because I paid all this money and I know there's only two of them. And but on the other hand, I don't want to leave my kids. And she said, listen, the hard part is not whether you go or you don't go. The hard part is your indecision. 
And the fact that you're constantly throughout every day carrying this over day after day going, Pros and cons. Should I or shouldn't I? Maybe this, maybe that. What if I this? What if I that? Well, but that part is exhausting. She said, just decide and then live with your decision. And I've carried that over so many times to so many things in marriage and money and business with food, with fitness. Decide and be done with it. So if you decide, yes, Elizabeth, I see the impact of outsourcing my health to the marketing department and I'm going to go 24 hours. And then if you decide a second day or a third day or a seventh day, whatever it is, make the decision and then honor the decision and don't even allow yourself to open up the conversation. I was so quick to shut down this like, oh man, that cookie smells good. Am I going to be able to resist the cookie? I mean, hey, it has been a stressful four days. And in almost a fraction of a second, my thought went to, I mean, you've been so good. Heck, it's been 70 days. I mean, you're not going to live forever without sugar. Like, what's a good, hey, it's almost like a reward for getting through this tough thing. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes to just get through. No, I made the decision. I'm not opening the conversation. The conversation is closed. I will not debate this. I made this decision. The end. The other thing that I talked about in the Consistency 365 series, the last week in that series has been amazing if you haven't been listening, but I was talking about this thing that I just happened to hear. It was like a an aside. It wasn't even part of the part of the conversation in this podcast, and I just feel so blessed by it. This guy on the podcast was talking about how he'd been spending time with his wife's grandmother or something, you know, a woman in her 80s or 90s, and she was saying, how are you guys? And of course, as so many people do, oh my gosh, we're so busy. We've got this, we've got that, we've got the other thing, and then there's the baby, and da 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 And she, when he was done, she looked at him and she said, sure doesn't take much for you young people to suffer. And I loved that, and I'm so grateful that I heard that, and that is helping me so much, because if you decide, yeah... I'm going to do this. I'm going to say no to fake flavors. I'm going to say no to processed foods. I'm going to commit to cooking more for my family or whatever it is. That's not suffering. You wanting the snack food in your pantry and telling yourself, no, that's not suffering. We can convince ourselves that we're suffering when we're not actually suffering. And that makes everything else harder. You're actually doing something really amazing for yourself. You're actually doing something that's going to give you more energy, that's going to give you more satiety, that's going to be a great example for your family, that's going to make you feel really proud of yourself. And yet we can tell ourselves that it's so hard and we're suffering. That's not what suffering is. And I've been reminding myself of this so often. Sure doesn't take much for you young people to suffer. It's just a very powerful thing. Let's talk a little bit more about these fake flavors and these processed foods. Relying on willpower in this game with processed foods and fake flavors is like trying to arm wrestle a crane. There's billions of dollars put into making these foods hyper palatable, meaning you want more. One's not enough. In fact, once you have one, you haven't satisfied that desire. You've exacerbated that desire. That's not weakness in you as much as it is success in their marketing, success in their formulation. Again, they hire very expensive teams of professionals. We're talking billions in this industry to make you not want or feel able to stop at one. 
And they do that in so many ways. They do that with the colors on the on the packaging. They do that with the words on the packaging that make you feel like, hey, this is a good thing. Like the word natural flavors. That has nothing to do with the flavors being from nature and everything to do with the fact that they're extracted in a natural way. That's not the same thing. But they know exactly what to say on the package to make you think, oh, this is a good choice. They are so deliberate in how they formulate the flavor profile to make you want more. Not only that, not only the desire piece, but also to not trigger satiety and to upregulate hunger and cravings. So why would you put your palate or your health in their hands? Why would you play their game? Just don't play. Just like it's so much easier once we've made the decision and committed to making the decision, eating well and eating for your body's needs and eating for health gets way easier when you cut out this crap that is designed to make you overeat, designed to make you not feel full, designed to make you crave crave the flavors. They're fake, they're cheap, they're addictive, and this is not opinion. Study after study has been done using MRI to prove that they are truly addictive in the way that they are formulated. So why would, like, you're not playing, I mean, I hope you're not playing the game of like just a little bit of cocaine, just a little bit of heroin. I have control. Just don't mess with the stuff. Just don't mess with the stuff. Now, you want cookies? Get the flour. Get the butter. Get the cane sugar, make the cookies. Yes, sugar in and of itself does trigger the pleasure centers in our brain, but I would much rather you have a homemade cookie than bring anything that is this fast, cheap, easy, processed, fake, unnatural flavors that are called natural flavors into your house. Much rather. The whole profile of these foods, and there's a book called The Dorito Effect. I did two episodes on it. Again, episodes 140 and 141. The profile of these foods is orchestrated so that you stay hungry, so that you avoid feeling full, so that you have cravings afterwards. There's there's no legal requirement in the United States to disclose the components of natural flavorings. And again, They're not natural, as in from natural sources. The processing method is natural. And what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Just don't mess with this stuff. Now, you might be thinking, well, what really is fake flavor? How do I know? First, from like a, I always love the common sense approach. Where did this flavor come from? Is it coming from the plant or the animal that you're eating? If you're not sure, if it's not a hell yes, like this is a carrot, this is a tomato, this is a chicken, then it's a no. The second thing, cook at home. Cook at home, cook at home. Yes, I eat out. I absolutely do. But 95% of the time, I cook at home. Cook at home. Make the time. If you feel like you don't have the time, something needs to change in your schedule. Because there are things that you are putting ahead of your health and the health of your family. So there just needs to be a reevaluation. Cooking at home does not have to take a ton of time. 
One of the things that I do every week, you've heard me say this before, especially in the winter, we don't necessarily do it every week in the summer. I take eight cups of water, throw it in the slow cooker with a whole chicken, put in some garlic, some celery, some carrots, some turmeric, some salt, some pepper, chicken soup. It does not take long. It takes me five minutes to put those things into the pot and chop them up. And then I set it for eight hours and eight hours later, dinner's done. It took me five minutes. And not only that, it's way cheaper than if I were to buy dinner out someplace for our family of five. Cook at home. Look in your pantry. It shouldn't be full. It shouldn't be full. Granted. You might say, well, it's cans of tomatoes. It's cans of beans. Okay, not going to fight you on that. What about everything that's in a box or a bag? Cook at home. Minimize things that are in a box or a bag or a can and keep this in mind that your pantry should be fairly sparse. Mine needs a good clean out right now. If anybody wants to volunteer to come and reorganize my pantry, that would be amazing. Although I will say we are starting an addition soon and I cannot wait because I'll have an actual pantry instead of effectively a cabinet, which with a bunch of little kids will be amazing. Here's the other critical component. And I talk about this in episode 140. Again, I know that's almost 10 years ago, but it's still a really good episode. Many whole foods don't taste as they used to. Have you ever got tomatoes from the grocery store and they just don't really taste like anything or strawberries and they're super bland? That comes from food manufacturing where they're trying to maximize yield and accelerate growth and that happens at the expense of flavor. More water content, more sugar content, and the foods that we eat are bland. One of the ways to counter that is to grow at home. And no matter how much space or time you have, there's something you can do. Where I'm recording this in the month of February in New England, so it's cold and we're certainly not growing anything outside right now. But when I was at my mom's for four days, she's got a pot in her windowsill where basil is growing. That's one example where that basil is going to taste better than the basil she gets at the grocery store, right? So you can do that. I haven't done this since the twins were born, but I have a whole highlight on my Instagram about sprouting in a jar on your counter. You don't need any outside space. You don't need a garden. You do the seeds in a jar with some water. You can watch that whole highlight. I love that. I'm absolutely going to get back to it now that we're in a little bit more of a routine since the twins are a little older. Also, you don't need massive garden beds. When the weather is right, I use a vertical garden. Um, I can't remember the name of the company off the top of my head, but message me uh, and I'll tell you because it'll come to me probably as soon as I stop rec- recording. But it's it's like one foot wide and then it's maybe four feet high. So it takes up very little space. It's on wheels so I can move it around my deck and I'll plant greens in there. I'll plant beans in there. I'll plant herbs in there. I'll plant tomatoes in there. And with very little, hardly any space, my my friend does hers on a, a rooftop deck that she has. You can have a vertical garden or you can have a regular garden or you can go to a farmer's market. There's something you can do. And again, I know that this is controversial, but if you're feeling like you don't have time for these things, then I think you really need to look at where your time is going because it means that you're prioritizing some things above your health and the health of your family. I like to... In, even though we have a Whole Foods and I do go to that Whole Foods for some grocery staples, I like to buy our meat from a local farm. 
It's not much cheaper. It might even be a little bit more expensive, but you're saving a lot more money when you're cutting out the processed foods and you're really eating whole foods. And when you cut out these fake flavors and these processed foods, you eat less because your satiety signals and your hunger signals get back in balance and you're not always wanting that next snack and feeling like you can't stop and you don't have control over how much you're eating. Remember, these foods are carefully and precisely designed to make you want to eat more, all right? There's always something that you can do. There's always something you can't do. I want you to challenge yourself to go one day. A great thing to start with is listen to episode 140 and 141. It breaks down the Dorito effect over two episodes uh, in a way that I think you'll really enjoy. Start with one day. One day of no fake flavors, no processed foods. Eat real food. Now, some of you might be wondering, what would that look like, Elizabeth? I'll give you an example. Let's look at what I ate yesterday. Uh, yesterday morning, I had a, the only reason I'm not doing today is because it's only 10 o'clock in the morning and I haven't had much. Um, yesterday, I had a cabbage salad bowl in the morning, which might sound weird to you guys. I love it. I love it because there's a lot of volume. I feel full for a really long time and I'm getting fiber. I'm getting good fat and I'm getting lots of protein. So in my cabbage bowl was shredded green and red cabbage, shredded carrots. I keep them raw. You certainly don't have to. I know some people who love this combo and they saute the cabbage to make it a little softer. I do it raw. And then to that, I add three eggs over medium. And then when you like mix it all up, the yolk from the egg sort of acts as something to give it a little bit more moisture. So there's not any dressing to it. And then a half an avocado, same thing when you mix it up, that creaminess from the avocado gives it some moisture. So no dressing is needed. And then I did two crumbled strips of bacon and some salt. That was breakfast. That kept me satisfied for a really long time. Lunch was leftovers from the previous night's dinner. So I had uh, leftover pork tenderloin. I had made a mustard cream sauce to go with it, which was basically the renderings from the pan that I cooked the pork in with some cream and some mustard um, and some salt and pepper. And then I had that with leftover Brussels sprouts. So that was lunch. And then... Dinner last night was uh, chicken and a salad. I had some chicken thighs that were left over that I just tossed over a salad. And then I did um, some balsamic dressing, or not dressing, balsamic vinegar and avocado oil uh, over top of it. There you go. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be fancy. You can have fruit. You can have vegetables. You can have proteins. Just stay awake away from processed foods and fake flavors. Challenge yourself to do it for one day and then look to do it for a second day. And keep in mind, it's not suffering. You can convince yourself it's suffering, but it's not suffering. The other thing to keep in mind is not opening it up for constant litigation and relitigation and relitigation and relitigation. Slow down with your food. Slow down with your food preparation. Do not outsource your palate, your satiety, your health to the marketing department. Go check out episodes 140 and 141. Let me know what you think of them. Let me know what points resonate with you. I'll link up that book, The Dorito Effect, in the show description. 
Let me know if you do it. Let me know how you feel. I'd love to see some of you get seven days, 10 days, 60 days, the rest of your life. But start to minimize, if not altogether eliminate, the marketing department in your pantry, the marketing department in your body, in your health. And let's eat real food. It's going to change your energy. It's going to change your hormones. It's going to change your body composition, your mood, your longevity, and your relationships. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.